Hello and welcome to the Bunch of Punts betting podcast. This is where we're going to cast an eye over the action across the Premier League and the English Football League, looking for excuses to take on some of the shortest prices across the slate. So let me explain the show. And yeah, we've changed the name. We was the long shot betting podcast, I think, but we changed the name Bunch of Punts. Just funny, isn't it? What we're going to do, we're going to come stacked with three big price long shots via the more traditional markets, 1x2, double chance if it's big enough, stuff like draw no bet, and maybe some Asian lines. Me and Matthew, we're going to pick the cases for our three long shot selections, and then between us, we're going to whittle them down to our favourite two. Those will be our naps of the game week. And then to wrap up the show, we're going to combine for a long shot from alternative markets. We're currently delving into the goal scorer market. It's going to be short, sweet, and packed with value, and hopefully some winners. So joining me on the quest for long shot profit is Matthew O'Regan. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm grand as ever, Jimmy. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm looking forward to this episode to get stuck into it because you, you seem to have some picks that you're really confident on. Yeah, I told you I'm going to be st- stubborn last week. Last last week I weren't as stubborn. I sort of let it slide, but this week I'm digging my heels in with my picks. The two picks I really, really like. So I'm going to take a little convincing out of it. Yeah, no messing. And it's a good point, actually, because you do have every right to be stubborn. I'll just recap on last week. We were both hot on Bournemouth. And I was actually at the Barnsley game that was playing Oxford. And it literally, they'd just kicked off and I pretty much got the notification straight up, straight through saying Bournemouth had taken the leads and celebrated like under the, under the desk away from the mic. And it actually turned out Bournemouth started like a house on fire. They'd had a goal disallowed before that Semenya took the lead on three minutes. And then they got pegged back. It was a soft penalty. Liverpool went down to 10 men and I got that notification. I was thinking, oh, chance, but it was a soft red card and Liverpool just uh, ultimately outclassed them. But a good run for our money. And then the other pick, Stevenage, that was one of yours, Matthew, weren't it? That was over before it began. Early red card for the visitors, pretty much put that one to bed. But before we get on to your goal scorer success, my... Other picks, Sheffield United and Wolves. Sheffield United lost 2-1 on Friday. Men against boys, they were absolutely pants. Matthew said, no chance I'm letting that into the podcast, and rightly so. As was the case <laughs> with Wolves, who got spanked as well against his beloved Brighton. So all in all, oh, and you also fancied Huddersfield. I talked you out of that. And for a large part of the game at the Riverside, Huddersfield were beating Middlesbrough. So that was almost an absolute stinker from me. Very good tipping from yourself, Matthew, keeping the listeners away from some terrible suggestions from me. And we almost combined for for a huge winner with Bournemouth. A lot of positives to take. And then into the goal scores. Do you wanna do you wanna start with who you left out of the podcast and then talk us through your winner? Yeah, so on on the train up to record it, I, I was set on Gustavo Hamer, 6.5, and I had it in. Then last minute, just before we start recording, I stumbled across Purvis's price and was like, oh, I've got a change. So obviously the Sheffield United game was Friday night. You were obviously at the game, I think. And I, I, I texted you saying, oh, God, why have I left out Hamer now? Like, I feel like an idiot. But then Purvis, I was literally Brighton game at half time against Wolves in the concourse, um, having a couple of pints. I said to my brother, "Oh, wouldn't it be good if Purvis scores today? Like he's getting in the position. Like he had a chance to shoot, but sort of got clipped, didn't shoot." I was like, 
wouldn't it be good if you could score today? I tipped him. And then three minutes after half time, Purvis goes notches. Can't remember the exact odds. It was like 15s, I think. 16. 16. 16. Wow, yep. I undersold myself. Yeah, at 16. <laughs> yeah, right place, right time. And was just advanced all game. And it was another positive to take for him. It was, as we were saying, he'd only got one goal this season before, but the positions he's finds himself in, it was a matter of time before he bagged. And luckily for me, it was the weekend I picked him. <laughs> Which is exactly what you said. So credit to you. I'm not going to bore you too much with the profit and loss. That happening last week, it, it is sparked a change because I, I was I was foolish to say we'll combine our goal scorers. So we're actually going to tip up our goal scorer picks as singles. Um, I think we'll probably still tip them as a double, but we're going to be out. We're going to be going head to head with all our selections and our naps and our goal scorers just to spice it up. Unfortunately, though, because said we'll just be combining our goal scorer picks, we are currently at minus two point one points. Before we get into the pod, remember this is a gambling show. Gambling comes with risks, so please remember to gamble responsibly. Just before we get into it, who was the biggest prize winner of last weekend? Ooh, is it Wigan? Top of my head. Yeah, it was four to one. Oh. Yeah, because I, I that was the early kick-off, wasn't it? So I was on the way to the football and just saw that result. And like, they, they were surely large. Right, do you want to get started with your first proposal for this week's slate? Tranmere at sixes to beat Notts County with Bet365. So if you look at the league table, you sort of understand why Tranmere are sixes. They're 19th, travel to ninth place, Notts County, who enjoyed a, a fruitful season in the National League, would have won the league if it weren't for Wrexham. Brilliant. But if you delve deeper, Tranmere have actually played very well this season. So I'll just run through their results so far this season. Lost 2-1 at home to Barrow on the opening day. It was a Pete Wilde special for Barrow. XG, Tranmere beat them 1.51 to 0.46. Um, 64% possession. Then they lost 1-0 at MK Dons. Again, they outperformed them uh, with a 1.36 XG to count. Uh, MK Dons is 0.44. Reading up on it and seeing the highlights, Tramir definitely should have scored more and what unlucky to see. Luke Norris hit the post with an absolute sitter. Next week, they beat Harrogate 3-0 at home. Again, dominating them, beating them on XG. And then last week was a 4-3 home loss to Salford in a chaotic game. Again, one on XG. And they also beat Barnsley on penalties after a 2-2 draw. Again, beating them on XG, a team in the league above. And I've just, I'm just sold on Tranmere, all, all the stuff I've said. They've got um, Christian Dennis, who got off the mark in his second start. He got 20 goals last season in Carlisle's promotion. Norris has hit double digits in his last three League Two seasons, and he joined in the summer from Stevenage. You've got Charlie Jolly, who came off the bench and scored versus Salford. He scored four in 10 starts last season. Josh Hawke's got 10 goals last season. I know they've conceded seven so far in four games and been sloppy at the back but Jordan Turnbull and Tom Davis were a very solid partnership last season and they only conceded 48 goals in 46 games from here. In goal they've got Luke McGee who's an upgrade on last season. He's got 19 clean sheets in League 2 last season. Had a sloppy start but it will come. It will come good. Regan Henry is one of my favourite centre mids in EFL. We've got 10 key passes already this season from a deeper role. So I've got goals, creativity and abundance this season. It's just the defence has been sloppy and they're lacking that clinical edge, but with the XG they've accumulated, that should come. Notts County, uh, on the other hand, are ninth with seven points after a solid start. They've obviously got goals in Langsath and McGoldrick, got talent all over with Dan Crowley, Jody Jones, Matty Palmer. 
But yeah, they start the season with 5-1 loss to Sutton, then a 2-0 home loss to Lincoln, which they got dominated in. They fought back very well to beat Grimsby 3-2 before a 0-0 draw at Morecambe and a 3-1 comfortable win at Doncaster. As I said, obviously they're a very good team, but I'm not convinced by their defence. They only conceded 42 last season, but their defence lacks EFL experience. Aidan Stone has shown he's prone to an error, has shown his red card in the 5-1 loss to Sutton. Yeah, I just think sixes is a massive prize for Tranmere. They're creating chances. They've won five out of five on XG against some very good teams, which is lacking clinical finishing, but will come with the abundant goals they have in their team. And I just think this is a perfect week to cash in on Tranmere. I don't think we'll see them this big again this season. I'm cashing on Tranmere before they moach up the league. So sixes with Bet365, Tranmere to win is my first selection. I have a few concerns. Okay. Essentially, you're telling me this is just going to boil down to a shootout. Yeah, really. that's what I think. I, I think it will be a shootout, but I think both attacks are very strong. I don't want to say equally strong, but they're both very, very strong. One of Both one of the finest in divisions. Tranmere just lacking that clinical edge so far, but it will come. And I think, as shown last season, Tranmere have the solid foundations of a good defence, whereas Notts County, even in the conference at times, it's shaky. So I think come down to a shootout, but I think Tranmere's defence will hold better than County's defence. The other thing I assault Tranmere with is good at home, not so good away. Last two seasons, 128 points won, 87 have come on the backyard. So that's almost two-thirds of the points. Are you thinking they're better away from home this season? Uh, I wouldn't say so. And again, it's stupid to say because it's contradicted my, my point, but they... They last one away in February, which again yeah. is a reason for the prize. But yeah. again, new season, new optimism. As I said, the one nil loss at MK Dons. MK Dons are one of the strongest teams in the league, and a couple sitters missed. They were very unlucky not to win. So I just think the way Tranmere started this season with the underlying data, the way they play in, I don't think you can account for last season's thing. Is they they built Ian Dawes has built a solid squad there. They got talent everywhere, and I think. They're looking very strong and it's a matter of time before they start getting the wins together. Yeah, so this is just a classic case of investing too much in the start of the season results, it sounds like to me. I've got my reservations about Tramia, but I am, I'm going to put a pin in them because I do think they're a huge price and I am not sold on Knox County either. Not at all. My strongest pick I originally fancied Forrest at Old Trafford, but there was just something about QPR at Southampton, just like a gut feeling, which is why I, I swapped them out. And and when I did the research, the I, I just getting stronger and stronger on QPR. And I know that's going to sound ridiculous because since um, Ainsworth took charge at, at Loftus Road, they have been one of the worst teams result-wise in the country. But just hear me out. And, and the reasons why I fancy him can be categorised as follows, the Saints, key injuries and sales and the contrasting styles of the two sides, Southampton and QPR, which obviously, which I think suits Gareth Ainsworth's men. Saints, injuries and sales. No Willie Smallbone. I'm saying no Willie Smallbone. I don't think there will be any Willie Smallbone. Um, he's picked up an injury and I think he's out for the foreseeable. They put him ahead of the last game as a, as a maybe, but I don't think that's true. I, I couldn't find anything online, which is which is not ideal, but I don't think he's going to play at this game uh, um, on Saturday. Also, obviously, Lavia's gone, James Ward-Prowse is gone. That leaves Southampton really light in central midfield. They've got Shea Charles, 
as their linchpin. That's who played at Plymouth last weekend in the early kickoff. He's a great player, no doubt. Only 19 years old, and he, he did look the business at, at Plymouth. But for a side built around possession, I just he just lacks guile and experience. He's quite tenacious. Don't get me wrong. And again, he looked really comfortable on the ball, but with he's he was flanked by the Armstrongs, Adam and Stewart at, at Plymouth. Two more attack-minded players, and I'm not just sure you can, you can sort of pin pin the man in charge of your transitions and defensively on a relatively inexperienced Shea Charles, particularly with with an attack-minded midfield. Now Gareth Ainsworth record at QPR. He's, he's took charge of 16 league games. Half of those have come away. Four wins, three of which have come away. And he's won a total of 14 points, 11 of which coming on the road. The majority of the points won was away. And his side had less than 45% possession in every game they've won points in. Even less than that in the, in the games that they've won. They had 36 at Cardiff this season, 22 at Stoke last season, 20 at Turf Moor. 32% possession at Norwich, 43 at West Brom and 41 against Watford. And odds-wise, they've never, never been shorter than 3-1 to one in any of those games. So I think what, what do those two sort of common factors tell us? I think they're built to play on the counter. They enjoy playing sides where they're not going to see much of the ball, where they can just stay tight, stay in a low block, stay compressed, hard to break down and, and punish teams on the counter. The other thing is... They've been chunky odds in a lot of those results, which I think means they enjoy being the underdog. They enjoy it with the backs against the wall. They enjoy playing away from home when where the fans, the home fans, aren't against them, and and they're not expected to get anything. And I know the the odds they're they're going to be chunky odds most weeks because they've not been very good this season. But the fact that they haven't been shorter than three to one in any in any of those games that they picked up points under Ainsworth, I think, is pretty good insight into the the driving factor behind his his sort of managerial motivations. So, what do you think? Are you having QPR eight to one? By the way, with Bet three six five. No, I'm not having them because I'm very hot on Southampton this season. I've got them winning the league. I just think they just look so good. I'm a big fan of Russell Martin. I know it was a, took a late-minute, last-minute goal, but they look very comfortable at Plymouth. That's a Plymouth side who have won 20 out of their last 23 home games in the league below. Southampton got 31 shots and 3.7 xG against Norwich. We're unlucky to draw four all. They killed Jeff Wednesday in the open to pass them to death. They've got goals in abundance. Armstrong's got three and three. And in his last championship campaign, got 28. Teller got 17 last season. Che Adams has got three and three after 22 last season championship. Got goals from everywhere. Whereas QPR got absolutely paggered by Watford at Vicarage Road. Recorded a measly four shots. Their 2-1 win at Cardiff does sort of back your point up. Very smash and grab. But how sustainable is it? And they got dominated 1-0 at home to Ipswich and lost 1-0. So I can understand your point about smash and grab. And it's why I'm always so keen on Huddersfield. But how sustainable is it to get dominated every week and nick it? You're not going to get that lucky every week. And I just I just can't have them. I'd think Southampton are the best team in this league. Keeper are the worst. So you said I'm not having that. You're a big fan of Russell Martin. And everyone seems to be a big fan of Russell Martin. But um, what what has he done? I don't understand what he's done. MK Don Swansea, yeah, they played lovely football, but he took them nowhere. And then I just don't, I don't understand why everyone's a fan of him. If given more time at Swansea, if given more backing and funding at Swansea, he could have easily got them players. And 
once once he um once he gets his team clicking, they're unstoppable. If you look at Swansea's end of season form, they were relentless, True. and uh, and it looks like he's already stamped his authority in Southampton already. They're they're playing his style of football. If you see, they've got players suited to his style of football, and I think the transition from the transition to from Swansea to Southampton is going to be easier for him than it was before. Good point, as was the the stuff about the individual quality they've got because they've got a lot of Premier League quality, but they're yet to keep a clean sheet. And we saw it Wednesday, as you said, dominate possession, broke all the records for passes completed or whatever bollocks it is. But Wednesday, it were yet to pick up a point they scored against him. And not only that, they look dangerous on the counter. And it's because Russell Martin does this trendy thing, doesn't he, where he inverts the full-backs and all the number eights and the number fours or whatever, they all rotate. But that just means you're, da- you're just vulnerable on the counter. And that's that's proven by the fact that he hasn't keep a clean sheet, shipped four against um, Norwich, like you said. And the other thing is, you look at the dynamic of the game at Plymouth. Plymouth love a shootout. Their home record's unbelievable. And that's because they, they could confidently say they'd, out, they'd outscore anybody who came and played them at home in League One. And I think the reason Southampton had so much joy against them is because they didn't change that approach when they played them in the chat when they played them last week. Yeah, I agree. I agree again. But I, I just... It's just... Ainsworth's defeatist attitude in every press conference just suggests that he doesn't rate his team. He just, he just, he's just happy to be there. And I just can't. I just think, yes, QPR. I, I don't think it'll be a whitewash. And I think if I was siding with it, I would back the handicap. But I like, I, I don't know what they've set their handicap line as, plus one or plus one point five. That be I'm happy to back with because I can see Southampton edging it. But I just think Southampton have too much individual quality that QPR won't be able to hold them back all game. Right, so put a pin in that one. I'm not confident that's going to make it through to the final round. So who have you got next? Another another big priced away winner in League Two, Crew at five point two five. Now, obviously, I've had a personal play at thirty one point five, but for the sake of the podcast, obviously we'll whittle it down, so it probably won't be these two. But again, midweek, the day we recorded the podcast, I had obviously we didn't. It, it would have been too soon to back the midweek games. But midweek, I, I tipped Crew to win at 2-1, to one, the minus one handicap at 5.25, and winning over two goals at 7.5 and to Newport, which all won. I just think there's always every year teams that the bookies overpriced or underpriced. Stockport always heavy favourites. It's always good to back against them. Crew seem to be a team this, this year that the bookies are underestimating. They've priced them highly every week, like 2-1 to one at home to Newport's a stupid price. And yeah, they're, they're playing... um. They're playing the Bradford side, who are seven places below them, and Crew are unbeaten. So, Crew again, it's similar to the Tranmere, um, Notts County pick. I just think it'll be a straight, straight shootout. Really, I think goals in abundance, and I think at the price you've got to take Crew. Uh, they drew two, two versus Mansfield. They were perhaps uh, fortunate. They were beaten on XG two goals from set pieces. Again, they drew one one at Sunderland, but got absolutely peppered, but beat them on penalties, and again, goal from a set piece. 2-2 draw at Swindon. It was a very close game, end-to-end. Second half fight back from 2-0 down. It shows they've got fighting spirit again. And again, it was another goal from a set piece. They beat Newport 4-2 at home. Really showed their credentials there. Dominate them from start to finish. Again, two more goals from corners. And then they got a 2-2 draw of Walsall, a last-minute goal. Again, shows their fighting spirit. Chaotic game, tight on XG. Now got a fully fit Chris Long. He got three goals in his six starts last season before... It was curtailed by injury. 
he got 10 goals in 29 starts and then disappointing relegation from League One. They've got youngsters coming off the bench. They've got a good young team. They just they just look good this year. They've got goals in abundance. Their defensive is a bit worried, but this is where it gets good because Bradford lost one their opening day to Crawley in the end-to-end game. Beat Colchester 2-1 at home, who have lost all three games so far. That was a 2.19 to 1.02 XG game. Drew 1-1 at Stockport, where they got absolutely battered. 3.05 XG Stockport. Uh got and they lost 3-0 to Morecambe 2.18 to 1.02 loss in XG so the games are chaotic they're creating decent amount of chances but they're conceding a lot but I just think they're over-reliant on Cook and if Crew can find a way to nullify Cook which I think they will they sometimes play with three centre-backs they can nullify Cook who scored 45% of Bradford's goals last season he hasn't scored yet this season it shows they've got an over-reliance on them because they're struggling I think there'll be plenty of goals in this one end-to-end but Crew have been way more clinical and have a set-piece threat and as I said, if they nullify Kirk, they could be on for a winner. And I think their odds of, of 5.25 to win at a Bradford side that are misfiring. And also Bradford have got a very experienced team, a bit leggy. Richard Small, I saw a clip the other week, Richard Smallwood, when Bradford conceded to Morecambe, he'd just given up in the midfield. And that's not and that just shows it's sort of it's going a bit sour at Bradford if the captain's not even trying. And I think Crew are a very youthful team, known for their youth. I think Crew will out outrun, outfight Bradford. And I, I can just see them see them taking it with, with, with the creativity they have. Oh, crew got bags of passion, have they? Yeah, that's that's all you need in League Two. A bit of passion. <laughs> Proper convincing argument, but I did some digging. Crew are unbeaten this season and I think you've been sucked in by the small sample size because you look back to last campaign and there was slap bang average 13, 58 points. Can you tell me about their away form last season? Uh, it wasn't the best, was it? They, they it, got carried by the home form. It was one of the worst. They only won three games, 19 points, which was the fifth worst in the division. And they only won one more point than Rochdale away from home. Yeah, I understand that. But they're a typical team. You know when a team gets relegated after a sh- shocking season, they, they do tend to struggle the next season. There, there was clear out, there was new manager, new ideas. But it, it all started to click towards the end of the season. They Their last three games of the season beat Swindon 2-1 at home, beat Bradford 3-2, got a 2 all draw at Newport. It all started to click at the end of last season. And this season is evident of the work they put in. They changed a lot last season. And I'm mates with a crew fan as well. We said even, even pre-season when I had crew lower down, he's like, the pre-season signs are very positive. They had a good pre-season. They're blooding the youngsters in. And they got, they may have lost their best striker, but Baker Richardson long struggled with injuries for a lot of last season. They got them back fully fit. They've got Zach Williams now in the side who's shown he's a great talent. Connor O'Riordan, another full season of him. They've just got, and they've they've had a good window signing Jack Howell, Crawley's player of the season. So yeah, it's, it's positive signs in the summer, and it's sort of played on onto the start of this season. Yeah, the only other thing I've got that's a genuine concern is Bradford have only lost seven in the thirty-one games since the start of last year, and only two of those came at home. So they've only lost twice since the start of last year. I just think playoff hangover. I know it's a cliche, but I just think they just look leggy. They look struggling. As I said, the clip that I saw where Morecambe's second goal. It's just they've got no no work rate, no ethic. It, it could be them turning against Mark Hughes, and I think Crew will fancy their chances. Valley Parade's obviously big crowd, passionate crowd. It could get toxic, and I, I can see Crew Crew turn them over. To be honest, I do like that pick. My next one is will be pretty familiar for those who listened last week. I'm I'm going back in on Bournemouth. They host Tottenham. I think it's the early kickoff in the Prem, fourteen to five. 
current best price, that's with 365. So that's 3.8. So I guess we're really stretching what can be called a long shot at 3.8 because you're not going to be able to retire if that wins. But we're both hot on the cherries, I know, from last week. And it's all because of the new manager, Adoni Ariola, hugely promising coach and very highly regarded from Spain. I'm just looking at my notes from last week's. He guided Rayo Vallecano from the second division, tiny budget, when he took him into the top flight. Me and, well, I think it was you, Matthew, who told us they, they secured some huge scouts against Real Madrid, Barcelona. They completed the double over the latter into the 21-22 campaign and then took four points from them the following season. They beat Real Madrid at home. I think they also picked up points against Sevilla. So the new Supremo really does milk this siege mentality. And I know, I know you may laugh at me saying Spurs are a big side, but they are still one of the boys in the traditional big six. So them coming to town, I know they've lost Harry Kane, but it's still, it's still a big game and a huge opportunity for the new Spanish coach to show what he's about. Spurs obviously do look good. They look really good. Sprigs of Evans ball beginning to blossom. The, there was a stat on match of the day too, I think it was. Under Posca Coglu, they've completed 100 more passes per game in the opposition half. At least 100, sorry, more than Conte. But I think that just tells you all you need to know about, about Posca Coglu's style. It's, it's a lot more entertaining than some of his predecessors at Tottenham. But I have my concerns and, and you watch him and you can just see how defense, defensively vulnerable they are. They, they've shipped an XG of 4.3 across the two games, but they've only conceded twice. Brentford, they drew 2-2. Brentford wrapped up 2.2 XG. Man United wrapped up 2.1. And the Red Devils had tons of shots there. Tottenham have conceded 32 across the two games. And I think they're due because they've taken four points They've looked good, don't get me wrong, but they've looked really vulnerable defensively. And I suspect they're going to get their comeuppance on the south coast against a side suited to playing against more possession-based sides. They love it when they get the opportunity to to really spring in transition and and get some high turnovers because the new Supremo is one of the best in the business of pressing high, quick turnovers and turning those quick high turnovers into shots and and goals. And and it's a tactic that, that he's built to play against the sides the bigger sides who love to dominate possession. Bournemouth, short as far as long shot goes, 14 to 5, 365. Matthew, are you having it? I, I do agree with your point because you know I'm a big fan of Bournemouth. But again, this Spurs team have just looked so brilliant. Like, Ange has been playing exciting football. They perhaps rode their luck in the last few games, but they're still a team jelly. And I think as the weeks go, go on, they will get a lot better. And this is one I'm just so undecided on. And I think. The fact that I'm scrambling to find things to argue against it is a sign that it should be one of our picks because I there's not much else I can say to counter it. I, I do like Tottenham, but I think Bournemouth at home with their new manager, I do fancy their chances. Right, if you're happy with Bournemouth, I don't think there's any need for me to waffle on about my last selection, which was Rotherham and Leicester. And I've got the feeling that you're pretty hot on your two selections that you've given me so far. So let's whittle those down to one nap. Who, like, who do you prefer out of Crew and Tramia? Who would you rather see on the show? Oh, it's tough. I like them both because I've backed both. I'm going. I'm just going with the, the bigger odds, Tramia. Really? Um, I'm, I'm really hot. I'm really hot. And it's just the fact that they've won on XG all five games has sold it for me. And I just think I'm cashing in early on Tramia. That they will. They will turn us. They they will turn aside over soon. And I don't think they'll be this price again this season. So I'm making the most of it. Yeah, part of me's um, part of me's just thinking, bin Bournemouth off and get Crew in as well because I was thinking out of the two, I'd probably prefer Crew. 
<laughs> right, if you prefer crew, I'm I'm torn in them. I prefer Tranmere. We can go crew in Bournemouth. Oof, it's tough. If you, you seem hot on Tranmere. I'm going to go with Tranmere and I'm going to go with Bournemouth because if not, you're just going to be talking me out of all my bets every week. So <laughs> the, the naps are Bournemouth at um, 14 to 5 at home to Tottenham. That's 3.8 in decimals with 3.65. Really stretching out what, what can constitute as a long shot. And then the next best, Matthew, it's Tranmere, isn't it? Yeah, at it could be better odds elsewhere, but with League Two, it's chaotic. I want the early payout if they go two up because I don't trust them to hold on. So 6.0 and they will be the two tracked ones. But just a side note, a little untracked fancy I have is Crew and Tranmere double at 31.5. But again, that's not going to be tracked towards profit and loss. Yeah, it's breaking my heart to leave Crew off because you really did convince me when you're talking about them. They're always good prize. No. So those are our naps. They're locked in. There's no going back. Do you want to talk us through your goal scorer pick? And by the way, we're going to be tracking these as singles. I think we'll have a point each on these as well. Uh, just so, just for full transparency, after after last week's uh, shenanigans. Yeah, you're going to hate me now because I talked about QPR, but my goal scorer is actually a QPR player. <laughs> so <laughs> I've gone uh, Sinclair Armstrong at 6-1 to one to bag against Southampton, which I think is very juicy for a striker. Uh, he's likely to lead the line, as he has done the last two games, because Lyndon Dyke's just a traffic cone up front. He, do, he doesn't do a lot for Ainsworth, and I think Ainsworth's quite fond of Armstrong. He's quick, strong, powerful, good dribbler. He can create chances out of it. He's a really complete forward. He's still 20 and inexperienced, so he's a bit raw, but the potential's definitely there. To, to hone him into a proper, proper striker. And uh, he had three shots, two on target versus Ipswich, scored in the win at Cardiff. And as you said, Southampton have conceded in every game so far and, and do look susceptible in the counter-attack or if a misplaced pass at the back. And he's, he's relentless. He'll run all game. He's quick. On the counter, they ain't catching him. So I think QPR sit back and Armstrong... If QPR are to score, and I think Armstrong will be the one at six to one, I think it's far too big to turn down for a striker. Yeah, I'm all over that. My pick comes from the Friday night game in the Premier League where Chelsea hosts Luton. And I'm quite hot on the right wing back, Malo Gusto, to score anytime. I think the best odds are with Sky at 14 to one. Now, the reasoning is pretty simple, so I'll keep it short and sweet, but. The under Pochettino, the fullbacks seem to be getting a lot of chances for Chelsea. Now, Chilwell, um, he had a goal disallowed and got registered an assist uh, against Liverpool. Now, that can be easily explained as he was opposing Trent Alexander-Arnold and we all know how lazy he is in defence. Uh, so, that's why he was getting tons of space. But Chilwell's actually had three shots in the opening two games. On the opposite flank, Reese James had a shot against Liverpool before he came off injured. Shock. And then Malo Gusto actually had a, a decent chance at the uh, London Stadium against West Ham. Both wing-backs are getting plenty of touches in the opposition box, so it bodes well for the goal-scorer selection. The, the main reason I backed it, though, was because I was originally looking at Chilwell and his best odds are 11-2. to two. On the opposite flank, you've got uh, Gusto, who's 14-1. to one. Now, obviously, th there's 
big there's big difference in their goals per night averages, which is why the prices are different. But I'm just thinking in a new system, in a new manager, these wing backs are gonna get ample chances, equal to amounts of chances as well. So I don't quite understand the disparity in price. And then of course there's the opposition, the anti post favourites for relegation. I actually think Luton have been underrated in the market. I don't think the high prices and the sort of low, low expectation to get anything from the game is just, I think they've moved quite coy in the market. Having said that, they are the anti-post relegation favourites for a reason. I don't think they're going to be good away from home. Matthew, you know firsthand how how bad they were on opening day. That They got a dubious penalty. They offered very little away from home. I think where they're going to thrive is at home at Kenilworth Road, where the pitch is rough and the grass is long and it's all tight and you have to walk through the terraces at walk through the housing estate to get in there i don't think they're going to be any good away from home so finding an excuse to back a chunky priced uh, goal scorer who i think is going to get chances uh, really excited me here i think that just about wraps us up my nap selection is bournemouth 14 to 5 at home to tottenham in the premier league early kickoff what's your nap pick Tranmere sixes away at Notts County. Beautiful. And your goal scorer pick? Uh, Sinclair Armstrong at six to one for QPR. Sweet. Mine is uh, Malo Gusto at 14 to one with Skybet. That is in Chelsea's game against Luton on Friday night. So if you wanted to combine our goal scorer picks, which we will be doing and tracking, it's 81.5 to one. That's with Skybet as we record currently best odds. And if you fancied it, you can combine all our four picks. That is Bournemouth, Tranmere, Sinclair Armstrong, score for QPR, and Malo Gusto for Chelsea. That is 1,754 to 1 to back the 4-4. Shall we track that? You can. <laughs> so shall we leave it off the, off the record, do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Yep, sweet. So, Matthew, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure as always. I'll see you this time next week. Yeah, we'll be back next Wednesday for another podcast full of long shots. So take it steady and good luck this weekend.